All right, good Monday morning. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. A very, very interesting week 14. And uh, Wiz, you are to be commended on that uh, outstanding lock of the year in Derrick Henry. Uh, like I said, uh, I prefaced it by saying maybe it was wishful thinking as I was going against Derrick Henry. Uh, impressive, impressive. That was done very quickly. Nicely done. And I just want to say, Wiz, I hope people are listening. To, we've been doing this you know, fantasy football for a very long time. Uh, 50 years combined, the two of us. And we're not asking for money. We're asking for people to listen. So we're trying to help them win some money. And yesterday, uh, you put so many strong points out. You saved me money on that Arizona game where you said everybody loved the Giants yesterday. And like I said, hopefully people are listening to this. We're not just sitting here twiddling our thumbs. There's a lot of insight, a lot of work that goes into putting this information out each and every week. Um, so Wiz, well done yesterday. And you actually had a number of great calls on the games. So it was, it was a very good week for uh, Guru and Wiz in terms of their uh, propri- proprietary bets. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. Um yeah, I mean, you know, the the prop bet of the year, Derrick Henry. I know I for sure that I had some friends that I contacted, and uh, they did well. It's a shame that we had to put that out Sunday morning, and more people didn't get a chance to listen to that one. And four for four uh, with my picks, uh, including my best bet, the Bears, who completely trounced um, the Texans. Uh, they just they're not the same team when they play outdoors. Uh, on grass is a stat show. But I'll tell you, that out of everything, the thing that I'm really most proud about is giving out Lynn Bowden um, as a, a sprinkled and sleeper guy. I just feel like, you know, everyone was looking at everybody else on that Dolphin in the Dolphins' backfield, and he was forgotten. Uh, and I don't know, in some leagues, he's running back, wide receiver eligible, but he had a terrific game as well. I think he had seven catches, 80-something yards. Yeah. Um, and um, I just feel, you know, you could be listening to a million podcasts and uh, probably none of them are going to give out Lynn Bowden as a, as a, as a DraftKings or, or a player to sneak in, uh, in in some lineups as well. So, uh, yeah, overall, uh, terrific job and, uh, and uh, enjoyed it. And hopefully we'll keep the momentum going to tonight. Yeah, you know, look, again, there are a lot of people doing what we do. And I know there's a lot of people asking for money for it. We're not asking for money. We're asking to kind of gain traction here. Uh, you know, we talked about players that we liked and didn't like. You know, we met, we both didn't like Watson yesterday outside. Um, you know, we, we were kind of kind of naysayers on that. I, I was a little... Um, concerned about Jacobs coming back and boy that was a that was a complete circus with what he did before the game and and that kind of played a little bit of havoc in the fantasy world but you know we made a lot of suggestions I, I love David Montgomery yesterday I think we were bang on a tight end as well we kind of faded Goddard and, and, and Waller uh, you know Goddard really didn't do anything um, and, and you know a couple of guys that you know I, I had mentioned Irv Smith the tight end you know to put a guy like out that like that out there you know Kyle Rudolph was missing the game you know it it takes time Time to kind of research about what's going on, and and Wiz and I are trying to help people out, and we've been doing this a very long time. We are not going to get it right all the time, that is for sure, but we're going to be right more than we're going to be wrong, and that's what we're trying to do here. So hopefully, we begin to gain more traction next year. Uh, you know, this is our first year doing this. Like I said, Wiz has been doing this over thirty years. I'm doing this over twenty years. 
you know, we take a lot of time. We put a lot of effort into this, and we're having fun with it. It's been a very great um, uh, and, and interesting uh, experience. The diversion from all the crap that's going on in the world today has been very helpful as well. But we are here mainly to help people make money in, in their endeavors in fantasy football, and that's, uh, and that's, the, and that, that's the crux of what we're trying to do. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, if, um, you know, we started this out and then we, you know, if there was like one person that we could help, you know, that, you know, that's terrific. It makes you feel good, but there's been a lot more than that. Uh, people in our leagues are, are uh, su- very supportive of, um, of the podcast and they listen to it. I know just, you know, an hour league that we compete against uh, Eric Brown and Joey and Connor, uh, Howie sneaks in a lot of, uh, uh, listens as well, so uh, we we get a lot of support from just the, even the guys just in our main league and some other guys as well. Uh, even you know your 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 friend in uh, in one of your leagues, I I didn't know at all before the year JB and uh, from Cape Cod, and he's reached out to me and we've been in contact and helped him. And uh, I think next year um, with uh, with the you know the, this year under his belt and a little bit better grasp on on things, I think he's going to have a terrific. Uh, a terrific season next year, and uh, I'll tell you, enjoys it. And, uh, I'll tell you one thing—that's really what it's all about. I'll tell you one thing—he's not doing was he's not picking Julio Jones. That player has tortured him all year long, and uh, he came on to listening to podcasts. I think more so. I think with a lot more vigor after the draft took place, but uh, he will not draft Julio Jones again, nor will I, by the way. Connor, if you're listening to this podcast, there is no way in hell I'm having Julio Jones on my roster next year. Just know that ahead of time. Um, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, the the thing about... the thing about JB is, uh, yeah, but but if he would have listened before the season started and what we were doing, you know, we really had kind of negative views of that player. Uh, not not in his talent, of course, but um, you know, just it seems like the progressive injuries and like as he's gotten older and it's become more difficult for him to stay on the field. I think if he would have listened to the podcast uh, that we did before the season, he probably would have shied away from the player, but uh, he ended up with the player. And now look, that's part of it, right? Is, is learning and, uh, and, and, and we all, we all make mistakes. And then the thing is, you know, you just try not to repeat the things you did. If there's a player that you remember just, you know, was, was causing you grief with injuries and you just can't rely on him, you stay away from him the next year. So it's part of the process, but, um, I think, you know, He's gonna he's gonna really uh, rebound and have a terrific year next year, uh, just from listening to it and enjoying it and uh, and having a better understanding of what uh, what needs to be done. I think. Yeah, look, sometimes you got to change on the fly. I was a both of us, uh, and I was as well, a huge naysayer on Aaron Rodgers coming into the season. I think I put out there a stat where in ten out of the sixteen games he played last year, he had under fifteen fantasy football points. I mean, that's unbelievable, right? So I kind of shifted gears as I headed into the draft. I, you know, there was a lot of negativity around it. Actually, you and I are probably equally surprised that the Green Bay Packers are standing where they are. But 
boy, is he the most confident quarterback right now stepping back each and every week in the NFC. Uh, there is nobody more confident than Aaron Rodgers right now. Uh, you know, he's found a, a new weapon in Robert Tanyan, who scored again. You know, we talked about that player as well. Devontae Adams has had an incredible year. You know, it's really taken away from Aaron Jones. We thought Aaron Jones was going to kind of suffer a little bit more because A.J. Dillon's being there. Uh, but boy, oh boy, Aaron Rodgers had some. Yeah, and we shifted on that a little bit. And, and I changed my tune on, on Watson a little bit along the way. You have to be flexible in this stuff. You cannot be so dug in and entrenched and stubborn. And I think that's probably one of the things that can really impact a, a fantasy owner. Even late in the season when you're trying to make decisions, oh, this guy's got to show up and t- you know he's, he's got to have a good game. And it just doesn't work like that way. You need to be flexible in fantasy football. And we've tried to do that all season long. We've we've moved on players. I think I think you mentioned a player who you haven't talked about all season long in the last podcast. I did the same. Like I, I, I said this week uh, with both Andy Dalton and, and Philip Rivers, I thought that we felt that they both have pretty good games this week, and they did, right? So you got to move around uh, the cabin a little bit, and that's what we try to do. Speaking of moving around the cabin, Wiz, you know, I, I, I really want to talk about this from the, from the game last night. Two things. First of all, Stefan Diggs has had a magical season for the Buffalo Bills, without a doubt. And then the second thing is, I don't know what's going on with the Steelers right now. I think they're not even going to be the three. They're not even going to be the two seed in the AFC at this point in time. Especially now that they've lost the tiebreaker against the Bills, they're going to lose one of these next couple of games coming down the stretch here. That offense looks woeful. The lines banged up. The defense has lost three linebackers. Deontay Johnson and Eric Ebron. They got to go to a stick'em factory. Take it hostage and just slather it all over themselves because they are dropping balls left and right. But the Pittsburgh Steelers are in major league trouble right now, as far as I'm concerned. Have you ever seen the movie The Replacements? I have. <laughs> so there's a part of the scene where they, their wide receiver on the replacement team just can't catch the ball, and the coach, played by Gene Hackman, takes like a gallon of stickum from like a pail or whatever it is, and he just dumps it on the guy's hands. I think that's something maybe Tomlin needs to consider that with Deontay Johnson and Eric Ebron. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think to me, yeah, we could get on the negative views of Pittsburgh, and they, they've lost some crucial guys on defense. But I think the story is the Buffalo Bills and uh, – Man, there's a lot of people who have a soft spot for the Buffalo Bills. I do. I mean, I'm a Vikings fan, but certainly can relate to a team that's had trouble in the Super Bowl. And, the, you know, it just seems like the, this, the Buffalo has just taken to Josh Allen, and uh, there's a real love affair there. And uh, more so than the negative view on the Steelers, I want to take a positive view on, on the Bills. And uh, Josh Allen is emerging before our eyes, and he is making these throws. And, you know, the negative view I had on him was his decision-making and his inaccuracy. And they both have improved with each and every game. And uh, he is just playing terrific football. And uh, as it stands now, I think all things in considering, which is a team that can match maybe the Chiefs point for point in that type of a game? Who's a quarterback that can match Mahomes possibly? Now, I am not saying Josh Allen's Patrick Mahomes by any means. No one's, no one's even in the same level or notch as Patrick Mahomes. But if you're looking at the teams in the AFC, who can play a 45-40 game against Kansas City and have a chance? It's definitely the Buffalo Bills. 
Yeah, and they played each other early in the season in a game where the weather was kind of lousy. That was that was the game where uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire actually had a, a monster game for the Chiefs. They they ran up and down the field. Time of possession was a was a big deal in that game. I think early in the season too, the Buffalo defense was was definitely maligned, missing a lot of key players that they've gotten back. So they're playing better defensively. So I think those are two teams definitely going in, in opposite directions in the Steelers, Steelers and the Bills. Um, but I think, I think you're right. That is definitely a team that can, that can hang with the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, we're going to do a whole review tomorrow or, or Wednesday when, when the week is all, all wrapped up. Um, you know, I mentioned Derek Henry's unbelievable game. But, you know, last thing I kind of wanted to mention before we go into tonight's game and Look, the change of quarterback that the Philadelphia Eagles made uh, going, first of all, there's a lot of uh, cascade effects of, of what happens here, depending on, on, on what happens. And certainly, I don't want to take anything away from the Washington football team, who's now won four games in a row. Alex Smith getting knocked out of the game. I mean, Chase Young is doing like a Lawrence Taylor right now. The defensive front there is just playing phenomenal football. So it's a great story. But, you know, the Eagles making this change, I don't know what the future of, of Carson Wentz holds and where he goes. There's probably going to be a number of teams looking for quarterbacks. Uh, but if Hurts finished this season strongly, uh, it's going to be quite interesting. But the Eagles look like a different team. They were much more motivated defensively yesterday, really attacking the quarterback. But Jalen Hurts brought a completely different dimension. Uh, you know, we talked about this offensive line being so poor all year long. But, you know, you didn't notice it as much yesterday because of what Hurts was able to do. And, you know, I like this player actually coming out of college. Um I, I was, I, you know, I didn't know where he was going to land. It wasn't exactly my ideal landing spot for him, but I'm happy to see what he did. And, and now this makes the NFC East again with the Giants going down and the other three teams winning. It makes it very interesting as we, you know, as we head into the last few games of the regular season. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was just, I mean, I would just put it under the heading of one of those games where, the stars were aligned right. And it seems this is the game that has made the coaching decision much easier for both head coaches. I mean, you know, I don't know if there was talk that Taysom Hill, even when Drew Brees came back, there's heat with him. But, um, you know, I know there's a lot of stuff about Hurts and what he did, but also on the other side of the coin, Taysom Hill takes too many sacks. His pocket awareness will get better over time, but. Yeah, I think the Saints are going to be anxious to get Drew Brees back because without him, you know, if you can just stop that running game and make Casey Hill have to throw the ball, I'm not necessarily sure he could do that against a playoff quality team. So I think uh, while he's looks he's looked terrific at times, um, I think, you know, the Saints anxious to get Drew Brees back. And then as far as the Eagles are concerned, I think at this point, you know, they're just going to see what they have with Jalen Hurts the rest of the way. And uh, and um, he had a he had a terrific game, but it was just it's just one of those it was just one of those games, one of those odd games. You see him a few times a year where nothing makes sense. But uh, give a lot of credit to the Eagles, and uh, we'll definitely talk about that division more, <laughs> which is uh, getting crazier and wackier it seems by the week. Yeah, and like I said, I'm I'm just so impressed with Washington, what they did yesterday. And granted, I know San Francisco's not at full strength, 
But, you know, losing Alex Smith, um, no Antonio Gibson, just that defense made two monster plays in the game. Uh, just just a really incredible performance. And, you know, all of this in Ron Rivera's first year, he's been under such uh, strain as well as an individual, you know, fighting fighting cancer right now. So it's, it's a great story what's going on there. I mean, an owner like Daniel Snyder certainly doesn't deserve it, uh, you know, because he is a rotten scoundrel if there ever was one. But this is a nice story that's unfolding for the Washington football team. Yeah, there is no question about it. So, all right, let's get to the uh, game tonight. Let's talk some uh, the, the game versus the point spread, under and over, if you like a side in the game. Then we'll get into any player props and maybe some uh, some players from the game that people who are going to play the uh, the Monday, Thursday, Monday Thursday game maybe want to put in their DraftKings lineup. So have at it. Talk about the game. All right, so it's an in-division game. We've got the Cleveland Browns, who are basically at the doorstep of a playoff spot. And, and I think, you know, the Ravens probably have a lot more to play for at the moment. That's, uh, you know, their, their team has, you know, been struggling. They got a win last week. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, uh, Lamar Jackson's back. It'll be very interesting to see, you know, how this plays out with these two quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Mayfield had one of his best games ever, probably in his career, uh, last time out. Uh, this time he goes against the Ravens defense, um, which is a better defense than that Tennessee D. So I'm looking forward to the game tonight. Uh, you know, I think I think Nick Chubb will be a big part of what Cleveland tries to do uh, once again. Uh, and in this particular game, I think. If we, if we don't see it, I'm going to be shocked. But I believe J.K. Dobbins needs to receive the ball over 20 times in this football game. Uh, it was his first game back last week. Um, so yeah, if, we'll talk about prop bets in a second. But I see this game being less of a passing game, much more of a running game. It's not going to be a snowy or windy day in Cleveland. Uh, you know, for Cleveland uh, in December, it's actually going to be pretty good conditions, around 35 degrees at kickoff with no precipitation. But I think this is going to be a real ground-and-pound game uh, overall. Uh, uh, the spread in the game is three and a half points, um, and, and 45 and a half is the over-under. I think, if anything, I'm tempted to go under in this football game. I could see this going in either direction in terms of, you know, the Ravens winning or, or Cleveland winning, because uh, I think the two teams are well-matched, actually. Uh, but I like the under in the football game. If you're going to ask me on, on a direction, that's the one direction that I would go in for this particular game. So, <clears throat> this is one of those games where... The point spread. Someone's got to explain this one to me, right? Um, the Baltimore Ravens are playing at Cleveland tonight. Um, they are in the same division. The Cleveland Browns are nine and three. The Ravens are seven and five. The Ravens had have had a myriad, a myriad of of, of COVID issues over these last couple of weeks. Why do you think? They've installed the Ravens as a three, and now even some places I'm looking at up to three and a half point favorite at Cleveland. Yeah, I just, you know, for whatever reason, look, we know that the Browns played a lot of games in, in, in pretty poor conditions uh, before the last couple of weeks where they played Jacksonville and Tennessee and they had pretty, you know, much better games offensively. Um, so maybe that's part of it. And I think you got to look at, at that situation. I personally think Cleveland right now is a better football team. Miles Garrett is back defensively. I don't think this Ravens defense is, is the same as it was. I think if you get 
Baker Mayfield playing with the confidence that he's been playing with the last couple of weeks. That's certainly an interesting storyline. Um, I think the one thing in this game is there'll be no Austin Hooper for Cleveland. Um, so we'll see what Harrison Bryant and David Njuku are able to do. Uh, personally, if you're asking me why that line is what it is, I just think it's it's just kind of, I think it's reputationally set up this way. Uh, but I don't think it should be that. I think actually this should be a pick em type game because like I said beforehand, I thought this could go either way. Um, if Cleveland's smart, They'll make it a Nick Chubb festival uh, and see that player get the ball 25 times. I'm not worried about the, the Baltimore defense. This is not Ray Lewis and the Baltimore Raven defense of, of old. So, And the secondary is, is definitely not a great secondary. I know you faded um, Jarvis Landry. He's been a hot player. They've started to get some production from guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, Rashard Higgins has had some good games. But you know, to me, if you're going to ask me to pick a side, I'm not betting the Ravens in this particular game. I'd personally rather go Cleveland. But I think the two teams are are very, very well matched. But it is a slightly puzzling spread given the information that you handed out uh, on where the two teams are as we head into tonight's contest. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it looks strange to me. Um, I, I lean the other way a little bit to the Ravens. <clears throat> but from a betting standpoint, you know, I don't know about laying three, three and a half uh, on the road. To me... I am going in as far as the player props. Um, so I'll just say, like, as far as the side in total, I just have I have no no view. I think the, the line is priced right on the total. And as far as the side, I like the Ravens a little bit, but I, I'm not really interested in length three or three and a half on the road. But I'll get into the player props, and I am going all in on every player prop on Lamar Jackson tonight. Over 54 and a half yards rushing. Over 204 yards passing, over one and a half yard touch, over one and a half touchdowns thrown. Getting getting odds on that one. So I'm loving Lamar Jackson. He took over the 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 quarterback job full time last year. So he's played Cleveland three times. He has thrown nine touchdowns. Every game he's rushed for over 54 and a half yards. Um, he's had some of his best passing games against Cleveland, 20 for 25, like 270. Um, recently, and last year, he, he threw the ball well against them. So I'm thinking Lamar Jackson, he's back to form, his second game back. I think he's going to be raring, ready to go. I think the Ravens have been kind of like counted out. I think they're playing with a chip in their shoulder. I'm going all in on Lamar Jackson on everything, and I'm feeling pretty good about it. Now, look, uh, I, I like it. Uh, it's interesting that you mentioned the touchdown one because that's the one prop bet for Lamar Jackson. It's the only one that I actually liked was one and a half touchdowns. I thought I think you're going to see, uh, you know, Definitely more than one and a half touchdowns from Lamar Jackson passing. And you mentioned his history against the Ravens. And that's what you got to do, folks. Look at history because, uh, you know, Wiz and I do take a look at what, that, what happens. We've talked about that a lot on this podcast. So I agree with you wholeheartedly there. I personally think this is going to be a big game for J.K. Dobbins, which is probably why I stayed away from the rushing side of Lamar Jackson. Um, but I'm looking for a big day from, from, from Dobbins in this particular one. So I am in agreement with you in the touchdowns for Lamar Jackson. Um, I, I like Marquise Brown over three and a half 
uh, catches in this particular game. They have made it a point to get him much more involved the last couple of weeks. So I think that's a slam dunk, dunk bet. Another slam dunk bet, I think, you know, I don't understand it because they actually throw the guy a couple of screens a game. But Nick Chubb, seven and a half yards receiving. I'm betting the over on that one as well. And I like J.K. Dobbins on over 46 and a half yards in this game. Like I said, I feel he's going to touch the ball over 20 times in this particular contest. Uh, So those are my prop bets, the four that I will be looking at this evening. You know, when it it comes to... When it comes to J.K. Dobbins, I, I and I, I think he's a terrific player. I've been, you know, singing his praises. I think, um, as far as running back uh, coming into the draft, J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor were my two guys. But there's two there's two battles when you start J.K. Dobbins or play him in your fantasy lineup or player props. There's two there's two battles you have to have. One is the player usage, you're just never sure if he's going to be on the field the third most out of those three guys, the second most, or be on the field more than than Edwards and and Ingram. I think Ingram is kind of being phased out, so I think Edwards is more the other guy. But that's one battle. The other battle is on, on all of those RPOs and all of those option plays, Lamar Jackson is deciding whether he's giving it to Dobbins or he's holding himself. So there's like two fronts, you know, that. I mean, if they just announced that J.K. Dobbins is going to get 15 carries tonight, no matter what, like he's going to get 15 carries, I'm with you. All in on J.K. Dobbins, love him. But you just don't know how much he's going to be on the field. And then, too, when they're running that play, you're just never sure if Lamar Jackson is giving the ball or, or he's keeping it. And um, I just, you know, instead of chancing it with Dobbins, who, like, you know, like I'm not against that over. Uh, I'm just I'm just all in, like I said, on Lamar Jackson, over-rushing, over-passing, <clears throat> and even getting odds on the uh, over one-and-a-half touchdown passes. I, I, think it's, I think there's a chance there's just going to be one of those games for Lamar Jackson. So um as far as draft kings, uh who are you gonna use from the game tonight? You kinda already hinted at Hollywood Brown. Um anyone else that you like in this game from like a sleeper standpoint without uh without Hooper, are you thinking some Harrison Bryant? What are you thinking as far as like some sleepers tonight? Yeah, the two guys that I, I will be using in, in, in a variety whether I play the game tonight or or a Monday, Thursday type thing, Harrison Bryant and Marquise Brown are gonna be in, in all of my lineups for tonight. I have a lot of confidence in, in, in both of those situations. Uh, I think once you remove uh Hooper out of the equation, Brian has actually had a couple of really good games. Like I said, this is not the, the uh Ravens uh, off- defense of old. So I like Harrison Bryant to actually get in there and, and, and probably score a touchdown, maybe get three catches, you know, 40 yards and stuff like that. You know, we talked about tight ends kind of building some momentum, young tight ends. We mentioned Cole Komet in, in, in the Friday, pre, uh, sorry, in the preview on Sunday morning. And certainly he had another nice little game for, for the Chicago Bears. You know, young players are definitely evolving here as the season wears on. Uh, they're getting more repetition. They didn't have preseason. So I think Harrison Bryan is, is a guy that I'd want to sprinkle in here. And like I said, Marquise Brown seems to have made enough noise now that the Ravens realize they had to utilize this player a little bit more. So I like it. I like him in this particular game as well. How about yourself? Yeah, I mean, as far as like, you know, some guys off, you know, under the radar, Willie Sneed, 
makes his return tonight after a few games of missing and Devin DuVernay for whatever reason, you know, this, I, I won't be playing Devin DuVernay and this will be his breakout game. I'll watch that. But uh, Willie Sneed just seems to have a good connection with Lamar Jackson and his return. <clears throat> so I'm going to use him in there uh, as well. And then from the Cleveland side, while I don't like, um, Jarvis Landry, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sprinkle in. I know we had a big big touchdown catch last week, but if if I'm right about the game and the Ravens are leading this game and and and, and having a big game, you know I think you're gonna see a lot of Donovan Peoples Jones. So I may sprinkle some Donovan Peoples Jones in there. Uh, in my in my DraftKings lineup as well. Yeah, he looks like he's becoming a bit a bigger part of this offense and on the field a lot with a lot more frequency. So I'm not going to disagree with him actually stepping up in this particular game. Um, you know, Ravens are going to get Mark Andrews back in this game. So uh, any, any views on Andrews today? Do you think uh, Do you think he actually comes back and and, and is he part of that one and a half uh, over one and a half touchdowns uh, that Lamar Jackson throws? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. He play, He's played terrific as well against the Browns, and uh, um, his total is 44.5, so I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Hollywood Browns played well against, uh, you know, against the Browns as well. So, yeah, it's all part of the the reason why I'm, I'm loving Lamar Jackson on all facets. I'm going to go over. I mean, I feel I feel pretty good about uh, all in on, on Lamar Jackson tonight. But one, one from the side that it looks – I don't know if I can get your take on this one because it just seems very, very, very low to me. Well, the Nick Chubb one at seven and a half, we understand that. You know, he's not used in that situation as much. But why do you think Kareem Hunt receiving is only 14 and a half when they love using him in the passing game? He's in on every third down that's beyond like third and three. He'll be in the game if the Ravens are winning the game and the Browns are playing catch-up. Why do you think the Kareem Hunt one is so low at 14 and a half receiving? So it's kind of interesting when you look at Hunt. Now, how many games did Chubb miss? Uh, four games? I think he missed about four games, right? So you may have missed, I think he may have missed five. Five, yeah. So it was interesting. I, I went and looked at Kareem Hunt this year. Now, I think a lot of us expected, like if we looked at him this year, we would have said that Kareem Hunt was definitely going to be the pass receiving back in this lineup and all this kind of stuff, and, and especially once Chubb was out. But it was really striking to me. Do you know that he has actually not gone over 30 yards one time receiving this year, which I thought was astonishing? He has scored a number of receiving touchdowns. I think he's got four receiving touchdowns and four rushing touchdowns. But he's not gone over 30 receiving yards in any one games. Uh, in any one game. His highest is 28, okay? And in the last, I, I think really they've looked at what he's done the last five games or six games, excuse me, um, 17 yards, 26 yards, 7 yards, 28 yards, 10 yards, 0, and 24. So quite frankly... It's interesting in this particular uh, offense uh, when uh, the bass when the bass fisherman uh, Freddie Kitchens was coaching his team they were definitely utilizing Kareem Hunt when he came back last year but it's not the same with Stefanski so when you look at those statistics you kind of understand I mean fourteen and a half sounds pretty low I would have thought maybe something like around eighteen to twenty makes more sense but it is kind of striking to see that but I was shocked when I looked and he's only. He's, his highest season output this year has been 28. Pretty surprising for me. 
Yeah, that's a great stat. I, I, I didn't know that. I do not own uh, Kareem Hunt in any league, and I, I would not have guessed that. I would have thought there would have been a game or two that he had 40, 50 yards receiving. Yeah, I was shocked. I, I didn't know that. I'll tell you, part of the reason for that is, you know, Stansky and, and the different offense they're running. But I'll tell you another reason is that sometimes, more than sometimes, frequently, Baker Mayfield does not take the check down an easy throw, and he throws – passes that are either going to be intercepted or incomplete. And I, I'm just, you know, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm dubious of that line to begin with, but I just think if it's a type of game that I think it is, um, that he has a chance of catching a few, a few passes, but uh, I, I didn't know that stat. I would have, I would have uh, thought for sure that there were several games where, like I said, he had, 30, 40, 50 yards of receiving, uh, but uh, but not being utilized in the passing game, I think, is a combination of a few things, including Baker and not taking the easy check down throw sometimes. Plus the fact that uh, in this offense, right? How many times? Uh, how many times are? Uh, how many times are they going with um, twelve package for for uh, for this offense for Cleveland? Right, with two tight ends on the field, probably probably. 60-odd percent of the time, so you have that extra pass catcher and a tight end on the field a lot, so that might have something to do with it. But I, like I, I own him in one league. I do know that he's produced touchdowns this year, but even if even as an owner of Kareem Hunt in one league, I did not realize that he had not gone over 30 yards receiving in any game. I was completely shocked uh, by that. So, fantastic. I guess uh, there, there in itself is the reason for that low under and over. My goodness, I, uh, I would, I would not have, I would have not, I definitely did not know that. And uh, I guess that's the that's the reasoning for such a, a low line. But it is funny when you look at these prop bets, which I'm looking at right now, and you see side by side, basically Kareem Hunt and Miles Boykin with the same receiving over 14 and a half and 13 and a half, kind of like makes you think like, man, where did they, where did they come up with that? You know, how, did, how, how is that the case? I mean, but um, they take in these stats like, uh, like, like uh, nobody's business. And uh, I guess that's how they come up with these lines. Look, you know, when it comes to these prop bets, uh, and, and I think the two of us are, are, are definitely up on the year, probably winning 55 to 60% of our bets on, on prop bets this year, which is, which is the way you want to do it. You're not going to get it right all the time. Uh, I actually did a lot of prop bets yesterday. I think uh, I put two, three game lines. So 14, uh, I ended up going ten and four yesterday uh, in, in my prop bets, which is a, which is certainly a nice day. Um, I love looking at this stuff, and I think we've talked about this because it's very difficult. You know, in, in Vegas, these odds makers have been doing this stuff forever. This is a very new concept in terms of trying to guess what's going to happen with the player's performance. And, and, you know, I'm so mad at myself with one player in particular. Travis Kelsey goes over 70 yards nearly every single week. And I think that was his yeah. number. It was around 72 this week, the over-under. I wish there was a way that you could actually bet $1 per every yard that you're actually over the target, which would be a really cool thing. Uh, that Maybe that's another invention down the road for the folks at DraftKings. Uh, because, you know, a guy like, you look at some of this stuff, and, you know, I think consistency in fantasy football is a really important thing. I think there's a number of ingredients that need to go into, you know, your thought process, including player history and stuff like that. But I've had a ton of fun doing the player props this year. I think it'll, it'll be something as as gambling becomes um, 
a bigger part of American society because you know we know there's a lot of states that still have to legalize this. This is going to get to become a bigger and bigger part of what people look at on a week-to-week basis, especially fantasy players. But we've loved doing it. We've thoroughly enjoyed it. We're going to continue to do it. We're really excited for doing this during the playoffs. Actually, Wiz and I are going to talk to you, too, about some fun ideas that we do um, postseason that I think other leagues should, uh, other people should look at. The fantasy season should not end with the regular season. So we'll we'll be doing a whole episode on that, I would say, at some point in time. But yeah, we've had a ton of fun doing these prop bets, and and we're going to continue putting it out there. For people, uh, again, we're doing this. We're not looking for money for this. We're looking to help everybody because, you know, yes, we're helping ourselves because we're putting money on the line each and every week, but we're really looking to help everybody, and we're not looking to charge anybody. This This is free advice every single week. Yeah, I mean, I'm not doing anything differently than what I suggest and what I recommend out there. I mean, there were prop bets and bets that I liked all over the place, uh, but I just felt that Derrick Henry over 170 170 yards and a half yards rushing was, as I put it in the podcast yesterday, a lead pipe cinch. um, And it was over at at halftime, and that's that's the beauty of it. And... um, and there's a lot of things that go into the thinking of it that I think the people who make these lines don't necessarily look at because, you know, also one of the things that you have to consider in this is like, is the player starting to be used more? Is he starting to be used less? Is there somebody else that's emerging? Is there somebody that's not going to get the playing time and then you want to go under? Is there a matchup? Is there a history? You know, just just different things that go into it and, um, and it, it makes for – something very enjoyable, especially, uh, you know, when you could be right and recommended and people are, uh, are making some money on it as well. Yeah, we saw this last year at the end of the year, right? Look what Kenyon Drake did for a lot of fantasy owners. I think the same thing we could say right now, you know, David Montgomery is on a roll with the Chicago Bears. You know, the Bears look, the Bears offense kind of did a little bit of a retro uh, visit back to 2018. Uh, you know, I, again, Houston's defense is not a good defense, but David Montgomery has become an integral part of what they've been doing the last few weeks. Now, granted, they didn't do a hell of a lot after that first run, an 80-yard touchdown run, but that's a lot of damage uh, to put on someone right off the bat. And, you know, Montgomery has been a big part of their success. You know, the Bears are playing better, and he's been a big part of it. Uh, you know, a guy like T.Y. Hilton all of a sudden has kind of shown up. You, you couldn't find him on the back of a milk carton earlier in the year, and T.Y. Hilton has surfaced. And the last couple of weeks, big weeks from T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I had a guy in my league this, this just past week. He's been sitting on a waiver wire. He picked him up. He started him. Uh, now he's going to need a big game out of Justin Tucker. But uh, Vic and Buck uh, picked up uh, T.Y. Hilton, and he had a very big game for them. And, and, and that's the only reason why they're alive going into tonight. So that's fantasy football. It's always very interesting. Uh, you know, if you're going down to the stretch here tonight, one more game to go. Uh, I know in a few of my leagues it's going to decide, uh, you know, what's going to happen. But now, fantasy football is a lot of fun. It's frustrating. There's a lot of things going on still. So join the Guru and Wiz on, on our odyssey here. We're going to continue doing this throughout the playoffs. So uh, looking forward to talking more about that. And uh, that's all I have to say, uh, Wiz. Looking forward to the game tonight. How about yourself? Yeah, excellent. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have the recap of uh, all of Week 14 and the look ahead to Week 15 <clears throat> later in the week. All right, great stuff. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Again, make sure you're listening, folks. We're here to help you and make some money. So, Wiz, enjoy the game tonight. Stay warm, and we will talk tomorrow.